well, 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 look who has decided to not show up for our podcast again, Mr. Michael Kristoff, absent, flown away like a bird into the night. Where is he? Slacker. Slacker. But we got it. This is Political Post Happy Hour. The happy hour, the happy hour, the podcast that is a happy hour. Welcome to Political Playlist. <laughs> All right. Are we ready, guys? Happy Hour. Happy, happy Hour. All right. Welcome to Political Playlist Happy Hour. I'm Anna Muskie Goldwyn. And I'm Anthony Barquette. And we're missing our smooth-voiced Michael, as I said, but we're going to survive. We're going to get through this. We actually started right on time, which never happens when Michael- Never happens. Michael always needs to like get on a couple minutes late and then have his own intro of mixing his own drink and doing whatever else, setting, setting the, you know, getting his makeup on. He does always, he always turns on his camera before he's ready. So you just see him like running around, mixing a cocktail, like trying to like wipe the sweat off his face in the background. I don't know why he turns his camera on so early. Yeah. I mean, I care about the way my hair looks too, but he always sure. has to make sure that like the little, little swoop. swoop is, is, is loud and proud. hundred so. <laughs> percent. Um, well, I thought that we would start off today's episode with some drama. Oh, that is love drama in the good old state of Tennessee. Interestingly enough, Tennessee is one of the states where there are no young members of Congress. So we don't talk about Tennessee that often because they don't have any young representatives at the federal level. But what they do have um, is a lot of drama happening in their state house because you may recall what were you? I feel like you're about to say something. Well, no, I was going to say we have talked about this Tennessee house because we they have are con- they are constantly in the news. It's it's, it's usually like, surrounding abortion or, or, uh, this gun, is guns. Gun, yeah. Guns. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. today we're going to talk about guns. Um, so let me just give you kind of the rundown of what's happening. You may recall, sadly, back in March, there was a shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville. Um, and three children died, three adults died. There was then all this drama that happened when two Demo- young Democratic state representatives, Justin Jones and, uh, Justin Pearson, um, they stood up basically demanding that there be some action taken, as did many activists in the Capitol building there. Nothing happened. They were kicked out. They have since won their seats back and play a story in today's uh, narrative, Mm. because what has happened now is that the Tennessee Congress basically agreed to have a special session centered around public safety. And Democrats, of course, and activists are looking for this public safety session to result in some sort of increased gun control. Specifically, Mm -hmm. they're looking at finding um, tighter gun storage laws, having better background checks in the state, and also implementing red flag laws, which is a law that some states have where if someone is determined to be a danger to themselves or somebody else, they can have their gun removed. So those were the goals. Attending this session, of course, was the legislators, but also was several parents of children who had either been killed or affected by the Covenant school shooting. Notably, many of these parents are Republicans. That is important for today's story. Interesting. So there's a bunch of people there, many of them mothers coming in, trying to persuade the House to pass some sort 
of gun control laws. Mm -hmm. The House basically rejected any of these propositions along party lines. There are 132 Republicans in the House to 102 Democrats, which may not seem like a lot, but it is when it comes to politics. That's a lot of votes, 30, Mm -hmm. uh, 30 votes. And so this House is considered to be staunchly pro-gun, staunchly Second Amendment. And basically, the GOP lawmakers are saying mass shootings are mental health problems and that red flag laws would infringe on people's rights. But what I wanted to talk about as I read a really interesting Washington Post article that was specifically about this one mother who was a mother of, um, I don't think her child died, but her child was in the room where people died. Mm. And she is a Republican. She lives in the suburbs. And she had a quote because basically the House kind of crushed all this before it even got to the Senate. But she said to Senate leadership in this press conference, she said, the shooter confronted our children with guns, but now you're stabbing our families and all Tennesseans in the back. So this is a Republican woman, a suburban mother whom the Republican Party are working their darndest to win the votes back from because many of them voted for Joe Biden and guns maybe is not the issue that they're going to get these ladies back. And, and, and what was the, what was sort of the eruption that, why, why did this become, you know, more national news? Well, so then, so this was, so again, that was sort of uh, a reaction to the session itself, but what happened Mm -hmm. that involved Justin Jones and Justin Pearson was Mm -hmm. that Justin Jones was actually silenced by the GOP House leadership for going up and basically saying that the House was out of order when the Republicans essentially shut down the legislative session before anything had been passed or written or whatever. They kind of just shut the whole thing down. So that was the first commotion. The second commotion was then Justin Pearson, who was the other young House Democrat, got into this like almost physical altercation with the House Speaker as the House Speaker was leaving the floor. And it's kind of unclear like what exactly happened that provoked the two of them. But, you know, nothing bad ended up happening. But if you watch the video of it, it's pretty insane. It's like these two people screaming at each other with like a bunch of other legislators in between trying to stop them. So it's pretty testy down there. But I just thought it was so interesting that like there are all these Republican women and men, I assume dads coming in saying like, we're Republicans, but you're not speaking for us on this issue. And I wonder how that's going to play out on a national level. Mm. I well, I do love to see that some of our local, um, your state uh, houses are kind of turning into something that we would see in a different country. As chaotic, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I just recently saw something from like the Estonian government that there was a fist fight or oh my god or something. But um, yeah, it's like English Parliament where they all just scream at each other. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, both of these. Democrat, uh, Democratic Congress, House uh, Democrats were silenced before. I they think. were kicked out. They were expelled. Or kicked out. They and were then expelled. they That's won right. their seats back. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I, once again, I couldn't even fathom what it is to be a younger kid today in school. And instead of doing the earthquake drill, you're doing the, fi- the um, gun drill. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to play a massive role in our society. Uh, I think 
what I'd, what I'd actually be interested to know about is you mentioned these red flag laws. Mm -hmm. How does someone qualify under those red flag laws? So I think the way that it works, file a complaint because it actually came up in the shooting, the other shooting um, that just happened in Orange County, uh, where basically Governor Newsom was saying this would have been an instant, like people should have reported this man for threatening his wife. Um, So essentially my understanding of how it works is that if you have a family member, if you have a friend, if you have someone at work who you know is in possession of a firearm and who is exhibiting behavior that could endanger themselves or somebody else, you can report them to the police. And then the police, they don't just go and take the gun. They investigate this person, maybe evaluate them. Um, See if they've and, had any prior convictions. Exactly. But, and then yeah. if they deem necessary, then the red flag law allows law enforcement to take that gun away temporarily from mm. that person. So again, it you know, to sort of it didn't work in California recently. Um, maybe that's because people don't really know that they exist. And because we have this like patchwork of laws around our country, it can be hard to know what the laws are in your state. But I think, you know, the GOP in Tennessee is basically saying, I mean, this is going to be a non-starter in Tennessee, at least in the for, in for the sure. And I, I mean, I'm I'm not for taking away guns or I, I think putting definite more restrictions on how people can access them and buy them is very important. Um, but taking them away, especially in a state like Tennessee, is just. I, I mean, yeah, but I think the argument is like you take them away from someone who knowingly could be dangerous, then you can save people. And I think when they take them away, it's temporary. It's not like we're taking this away forever. It's basically, it's a red flag, but I don't know. I just, I think that there was another interesting part of this article that I was reading, which we'll post um, when we post this episode is that one of the mother who was being interviewed, she says, I now understand the importance of primaries because I think that what maybe some of these conservative people are realizing is that the primaries where you get to elect the person from your party who most aligns with your specific set of values. So like sure. you can be a blanket liberal or a blanket conservative, but there's a, as we all know, like a real spectrum with a wide there. spectrum. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that unfortunately it takes incidents like these and maybe witnessing sort of the dysfunction of government for people to realize like, Oh, I'm a Republican, but that Republican who is supposed to represent me is not representing what I believe on this very important issue. And maybe issues like this, specifically, I think guns, even more than abortion, I think are going to galvanize a very specific set of the conservative part of the Republican Party who Mm. might have a chance to start paying attention to primaries and electing people who um, might have more moderate views on this. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We definitely didn't see the moderates win in this last election. No, we did not. um, But I honestly think that is the perfect transition. Segue. Segue. We need to have like like a little like jingle for it, like a segue jingle. No, that is because speaking of primaries. Okay. So here is, I think the quote's pretty easy and you're going to get this. New York State was the battleground for House Republicans in 2022. I am proud to help them lead the effort, the team effort to protect and expand our House majority again in 2024. Um, I have a couple guesses. Mike Lawler. Nope. 
Um, Nicole Maliotakis. Nope. One more guess. Um, Andrew Garbarino. God, you're bad at this. Those are all New York Republicans. Elise. Elise Stefanik. Yes. Oh, I guess because she's a leader. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Third, third, third ranking House Republican. That was almost as bad as like Michael's guessing. That was really bad. At least someone's fulfilling Michael's job. But uh, news came out yesterday that um, the Republicans are planning to flood a hundred million dollars, billion, no, million dollars into um districts in new york wow and um she had recently just hosted a um an event with mccarthy in the hamptons the hamptons Mm -hmm. a bunch of wealthy long island donors so we kind of see where that republican you know stronghold is Mm -hmm. um but you know obviously the strategy here is to have the republicans control have control of the house and this is a big, I think, step for Elise, mainly because she is positioning herself. If she pulls this off, that is going to be a huge um, win for her personally and her career going forward. You think to be speaker? Uh, I think speaker. VP. Uh, I mean, may, I mean, imagine doing this in the state of New York, which is very democratic. Yeah. Now they they the Republicans did flip a couple seats in that last election. Yeah. So did. she's also going to raise at least $150,000 for each vulnerable new lawmaker. Okay. So some of those are like Mike Lawler who you yeah. mentioned, uh Anthony D Esposito, mm-hmm. um if you remember. So uh and then they're going after a lot of those tighter seats as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it's she, uh, someone on her staff though said, "This is guerrilla warfare mentality," which I thought That's was, a bit a, much. I, I thought that was too. Where I was like, okay, but I don't think anyways, we should be bringing the word war into like yeah. elections. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Also, um, Hakeem Jeffries, mm-hmm. you know, the Democratic speaker, is also doing a huge push in New York as well. So the reason I'm bringing this up is whoever lives in New York, you are going to start seeing a massive amount of money flood in on these, Mm. uh, uh, for these primaries. Mm. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out. I feel like the Republicans are trying to do in New York, what Democrats are trying to do in like Georgia or maybe Virginia, you know, like realizing, oh, this is a state that kind of had been written off. And because of how demographics are shifting, because of how viewpoints are shifting, now they have a better chance in places they previously didn't. Um, I think think that's a great point. I think that we're going to see maybe and look in the end, maybe that's good. Maybe it means that there's like more of a mix up happening when it's not just the same five states that are always, um, you know, up for grabs. So, but you know what? Hopefully this helps is get. Lady George Santos out of there. Well, we know uh, one of his potential opponents, Zach Mal, who mm-hmm. founded an organization on the Democratic side called the Next 50, which picks 50 candidates every cycle to who are under 45 years old. I think 45 is his his number. Maybe it's 40. Um, but he founded this organization and 
we got connected with him, obviously, because we both care about having more young people in politics. And then now he's running in the Democratic primary to replace George Santos. So, you know, if you're a Democrat and you're looking for someone to support, he, I think, has the qualifications to really know how to run a good campaign against somebody that even if you're a Republican, you should think should be out of there. And political players will definitely be supporting Zach. I I mean, it's going to be a difficult race for him, but at least this will be a great way to get his name out there. And we're all for these younger. I mean, uh, got it. Is it going to be that difficult of a race? I don't. I don't. I guess oh, someone you, must. You, you got to think that. Th- I think this race is going to have more people in it than you think. You mean the primary? Primary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, on both sides so like yeah. this to them it's a toss-up for anyone to win right totally now. totally um okay well i don't really have a good segue so we're just gonna move on mm. no no gold stars for anna no gold stars um okay i think maybe you'll get this one too since my first day in congress i've worked to lower the cost of prescription drugs now Lauren underwood to- no okay let me finish Now, thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act, I helped pass 623,000 seniors in Texas will save money when Medicare negotiates a fair price on these 10 drugs. Oh, it's easy. You have to get this. Texas. Party should be obvious. Yes, party's obvious. Uh, Colin Allred. Yeah. Uh, Ding, 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 ding. Okay. God, if we actually tallied up the scores of who guessed right, I think I would definitely be in. The I think room. you would be first. I would be second, and Michael would be a very distant yeah, then, third. Uh, third is obviously. <laughs> we know who's in last. Um. Okay. So this is interesting, and I think news that people maybe don't know but should know, which yeah. is that we are in the process—a multi-year process—of many, many prescription drugs specifically for the elderly, going down in price. So what Colin is referring to is that in the Inflation Reduction Act, which you may recall was passed along party lines, um, big, you know, landmark legislation of the Biden administration, one of the elements of this law basically has a clause in it that allow that will allow over different periods of time, Medicare, which is the system that assists seniors in their healthcare to negotiate the cost of certain prescription drugs. Mm. Having lowering prescription drugs, I would say is one of the top issues for almost every politician across the aisle. Um, that like, I don't think anyone feels that they should want higher costs. Um, obviously Democrats, are much more willing to uh, spend money than Republicans in order to make that happen, which is why this is part of the Inflation Reduction Act. So, but what Colin is referring to specifically, and this is sort of like the news of the day, is Mm -hmm. that there are 10 new drugs that are about to go into price negotiation with Medicare. So Medicare is going to essentially negotiate with these pharma companies to drop drastically the price of these drugs. These drug t- these drugs treat things like heart disease, diabetes, and arthritis, which are diseases that if you have them when you're old, this isn't something that you take your 10 days of antibiotics for. This is something that you have to take every single day usually. So right now, there is a huge messaging push, I think, 
from Democrats to try to get this out there saying like, look what we did with the Inflation Reduction Act. This yeah. is the result. Your drug prices are going to go down because last year, the law has already capped annual out-of-pocket costs at $2,000 a year for prescription drugs. So if you're on Medicare, you're not, you're currently not what question? So, so yeah. Can you explain what the cap is? on? So, so basically the, so the Inflation Reduction Act negotiated that Medicare, people who are on Medicare, senior citizens, that they are not allowed to pay more than $2,000 a year on prescription drugs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Then starting next year, the law is going to cap the price of insulin for people on Medicare. Can you guess how many dollars a month? You're the guesser. Uh, 80. 35. Okay. So starting wow. next year, if you're on insulin and you're above, what is Medicare? 65? Yeah, 65. It um, is. If you're above 65 and you are on insulin, you will not be paying more than $35 a month, which is great. So I wanted to just list these drugs because when I was reading this, I was like, oh my God, I know that commercial. <laughs> when it, before you list those, just yeah. really quick, I, it's funny that you brought this up because I was just talking, uh, we were with some family and an uncle was saying he had just turned 65 mm-hmm. and he was talking about Medicare and he was saying how cheap he goes, my insurance went from, you know, it was $400 a month health insurance to now it's like 60 something. And he goes, mm-hmm. I went to go pick up my prescription. It was $5. Mm-hmm. It went, and he goes, it's amazing. He, he was saying he was going to save so much money this year from yeah. just being on Medicare. Well, and I guess that's like maybe part of the conservative argument against these big cuts is like, we have a population that's about to get older because baby boomers are now yeah. going on Medicare. So- And let's like, face it, insurance, when you don't have insurance, I don't know how people afford- Oh, it's insane. But, it's but insane. I think that like- the sort of conservative argument of this would be like, yes, we should lower prescription drug costs. But if we just have these blanket rules for everyone on Medicare, the number of people on Medicare is about to like explode yeah. over the next five years, mm. I would say. Yeah, so smart so, actually planning ahead. So yeah. For but, the oldies. Right. Right. Um, which is yeah. going to cost the government a lot of money, you know? So mm-hmm. it's interesting. But so these are the drugs. Yeah. I feel like I should be... It's like I'm speaking a different language when I say these. Are you ready? Can't wait. Okay. Eliquis, Jardiance, Xarelto, Genuvia, Farxiga, Farxiga, Anestro, Entresto, I'm sorry, Entresto, Enbrel, Imbruvica, Stellara, Fiasp. Didn't that sound like Star Wars like language or something? Honestly, they also sound like great nightclub names. <laughs> hey, you going to Imbruvica tonight? Genu- Genuvia. <laughs> yeah, you going to Genuvia tonight? That sounds sexy. I'm into it. Should you we know, do that's like that's the bloating meditation? Should we or... do like a should we do like a post on Instagram or TikTok or whatever that's like all of the like these 10 drugs and like what their nightclub persona would be? Totally. I like I'm, I'm just looking. I feel like Eloquist would be sort of like enchanted garden. It's like kind of sure. like a f- ethereal 
Honestly, we should start this. It sounds okay. like great nightclub names. Maybe I'm going to just say that I think you have more nightclub experience than I do. So maybe. <laughs> I do. I definitely do. You definitely yes, do. That's true. So that's maybe true. you'll need to kind of like spearhead the vibe and then yeah. I can kind of come up and uh, organize it all together. It, it, it really is crazy though with healthcare because one time I was in between uh, health insurance and a, a medication that I have, I went to go get it. And they said that I wasn't covered in this 30 day period. So I said, Oh, you know, what is it without? And it normally would cost me $70. And I asked what it would cost without it. And she, she goes, let me check, you know, on the, on the keyboard, yeah. uh, $786 and 53 cents. And I'm sitting there going, what? It's crazy. <laughs> oh, it's insane. Insane. And yeah. I was saying, how could a doctor prescribe that to someone who doesn't have health insurance? Right. Totally. Well, then it's a question of like, when someone needs the drug, like, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? Yeah. Um. But anyway, I think my big takeaway from this was like, I think this is going to be a really important like dance for Republicans to do because- lowering prescription drugs, like I said, is something that a lot of Republicans care about. Yeah. And they're going to have to explain that like this part of it was part of the Inflation Reduction Act, which they think did all these other things that was not good mm-hmm. because they're going to have constituents who are about to get some nice deals on their yeah. prescription. And by the way, who are the most likely voters? Old people. Yeah. And hey, we got to keep Feinstein and McConnell alive. Oh my God. Mitch McConnell. Poor poor Mitch McConnell again. Another episode. One of my friends posted and he was like, I can't tell if now this is just sort of like elder abuse, like putting him in front of a camera. (laughs) It's it's, like, it's not a bad call, actually. It's like, for them. Like, why? And the media is ruthless, right? Totally. So, totally. I mean, it's just very depressing. Um, And like, hope he's okay, but also let's clear the way, people. Yeah. Also, Colin Olivred is running for Senate. Mm-hmm. He is? I'm pretty, I, I think he is. I think he's. No way. Uh, really? Yeah, no, he announces. Yeah, he announced the Senate race. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, against Ted Cruz in 2024. So that's going to be a big primary, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that'll be interesting. It's interesting. I feel like he's maybe a little bit too democratic. To like, I sort of, I mean, again, I maybe that means he'll win the nomination, but I kind of yeah. feel like you need a more moderate. He's pretty moderate, but I, I pretty think, moderate, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, ugh, I it feels like Ted Cruz is kind of like impossible to take down for some reason. Yeah. Um. But anyway, people should know that if you if you are over 65 and you're on Medicare or your parents or your grandparents or whatever, uh, and they're on some of these drugs, make sure they know that they're about to get a whole lot richer. Oh, I can't wait to be over if 65. Only, if if only, only I was over 65 so I could take Geneva. Come on, Geneve, Geneva. Speed, please speed up the aging process. I need to look up what these drugs are because I'm going to start favorite, saying My favorite, I think my favorite is Imbruvica. Imbruvica. Yeah. 
It nah, sounds like Bruvica it does was, sound like a nightclub in Spain. And Bruvica had such a good group last night. It was so hot. <laughs> 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 the one that I think is like the one where you're like, ooh, weirdos go there is Fiasp. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a like, little bit dungeon that's, that's like Bergain in Berlin. Bergain it's like we're Berlin. all the, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're on it. We're on this artistic creation of yeah. nightclubs coalescing with um prescription drugs because why not well that's all i got well good episode cheers good episode cheers uh we were so efficient today and you know michael better get your butt back here because we're just gonna stay on a roll of efficiency without you yeah to medicaid cheers i'm cheersing you with a non-alcoholic drink which i know is against the rules but blasphemy I know, I know. Well, wait, just before we go, I'm going to tell you why. Okay, great. And you're, I might cut this. Are you pregnant? No. Oh, my oh. God. No, I'm not announcing that on the podcast. Oh, okay. I was um, going to say, big announcement. No. Uh, no, I, so you know, I have this, my shoulder situation. Mm. Um, It's cool. just like, it's just not better yet. And so I am going to go for the first time after this to try this thing where I'm doing um, like hot and cold contrast therapy. So I'm going for 30 minutes to do like sauna cold plunge a few times um, to try to help reduce the inflammation and alcohol is an inflammatory. So I didn't want to inflame myself. I I might need that for my brain. Well, so apparently it's like amazing. Yeah. Um, And there's this, it's a pause. Do they have that in Denver pause studio? I've heard of them, but so they're like, I mean, it's like a wellness place um, and people kind of just go for whatever. But a friend of mine who had knee surgery went and she's like, it honestly is such a game changer and yeah, well, apparently makes your skin look really good. So that's a nice side effect. Skin looks. So anyway, that's why I'm a non-alcoholic lady tonight. All right. Well, but I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Thanks for that. To an icicle. Appreciate it. All right. Okay. Wonderful. Bye. Bye.